Today's episode is going to feature an interview with Kimberly, a veteran business owner who talks about some of her challenges and some of her accomplishments. I hope that you're able to learn something and enjoy this episode. Ain't nothing worse than a smart dumb nigga. I'm going to let you, um, you know, start and then I'll, uh, you know, I'll continue. So by all means, uh, let the people know who you are. Okay. So I am Kimberly. Uh, I sometimes have a hard time putting myself in a box and describing like who I am and what I do. Um, most people know me as one thing or the other. They know me as a singer. They know me as a chef more recently. They know me as an entrepreneur. They know me as a writer. So it just depends on when you when you catch me, like what I am. Um, but most of what we'll be talking today is probably centered around um, plant-based eating, um, which is a, a version of veganism. <clears throat> and so I am a plant-based chef. I also have a uh, subscription service that people can um, access where I prepare meals every week and I share those recipes and um, a few tips for people who are transitioning. It's ideal for the vegan-ish, the um, the might be vegan, if you will, which is also the name of the company, um, and also for the um, the vegan curious. So, um, so that's me, the the very short version um, of 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 who I am and what I do. Very good. We're actually going to tap into all of that. Actually, I didn't I didn't know you sing. Uh, I think I remember writing. But yeah, so Kim and I actually both went to Dudley High School way back in in two thousand something, <laughs> mm-hmm. late nineties, two thousand. So shout out to Greensboro. Is that where? Is that where you're from? Are you born? That, that's where I'm from. That's where you from? No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> you remember that from I mean, that part of the song? No, I'm yeah, I'm definitely from Greensboro. No. Okay. Yeah. So since then, your journey. So what was uh, what was school for you? Uh, okay, so I went to um, I went to Big Dudley. After that, I went to North Carolina A and T State University. Um, my first major, interesting enough, was chemical engineering because Jamel, you know, we were in the science, math, technology academy together. So I love science, I love math, all of that, the technology. I loved it, so I was good at it. And so I thought my next move would be moving into something more technical. So I started into chemical engineering, and my my. End of freshman year, I was like, this is for the birds. Like, I'm just not interested in that. Um, so I ended up changing my major to something that I had no idea what it was. Um, people were saying, um, I'm a marketing major. I said, you're a what? What is that? Because my entire life had revolved around, you know, I could tell you 50 different types of engineers and mathematicians and all this kind of stuff. But the business side of it, I didn't know anything about it. So, um you know, this was pre, you know, internet as we know it today, where everybody knows the idea of marketing, like it's normal. You know, everybody knows that they're being marketed to, that they're being sold to, because there's so many channels that it happens. Uh-huh. So for me, like back then, that wasn't the case. It was like TV, radio, newspaper, billboards. That's pretty much what we had. So, um, oh, and direct mail, you know, they will put stuff in your mailbox. So um, I had no concept of what marketing was because it, it was limited at the time. So, but when I discovered it and I realized, wait, these people make commercials like, Oh, that's cool. Like that might be fun. So what I discovered is that in marketing, I'm able to take the science that I love, which is the understanding of, um, 
consumer behavior, the psychology of, you know, why people buy and what motivates them. And then more then even more of the hard science at looking at like data and then predictions and forecasting. And then take all of that and combine it with the creative part of me, which in college, I realized it was very important for me to exercise that part as much as the technical part of me uh-huh. um, for me to be happy. So just being in a lab or just doing math all day, like I just, I wasn't fulfilled, even though I enjoyed it, if that makes sense. So marketing was sort of that journey. After college, um, I took jobs doing marketing in different places. Um, finding my spot was really hard because I got my first job at um, Caterpillar in Peoria, Illinois, which is the middle of nowhere. It's the flattest place I've ever seen and been to in my entire life. I live five miles away from my job. And I could still see the building where I worked. Like, that's how flat. And that's not an exaggeration. Like, that's for real, for real. Like, it was so flat. I could see my, my building. Um, so I, I learned then that it's important also not just to enjoy what you do, but be passionate about the product that you're selling. Uh-huh. So for me, when I was selling trucks, even though I enjoyed the marketing and the selling of a thing, I didn't enjoy the thing. So I stayed at that job probably a good three months. My whole family thought I was crazy. I was like, I can't do this, but they're paying you a lot of money. I'm like, yeah, but my soul is dying. <laughs> like, right. I'm a young person and I need to be somewhere where my soul is alive. So I tried, I went from corporate to small business and small business to nonprofit, nonprofit. So I'm, I bounced around until I tried, until I found what I thought made sense for me. And also during that time, I launched some business ideas. Again, this is like early internet. So launching a business in like 2004 is very different than launching a business. Now, today, you go on Instagram and you see an ad that says, let me show you how to launch a business. Let me show you how to grow it. Pay me $20. Like there was none of that at that point. It was, you got to find somebody, you got to figure it out. You got to, you know, beat the street, knock on doors, do what you got to do to make a sale. So, um, you know, when I started that particular business, I was doing marketing consulting. And at that point, social media was just becoming a thing for business. So I think Facebook may have been around like early 2000s, um, midway to the, through the 2000s, um, businesses started to try to figure out how to, how to um, connect with consumers in that way. So I was one of the, I got to be one of the first people to try that out. And so people were connecting with me to try to um, do that, like try to, like, how do I use social media? Like, can we do it? Like, can we do social? <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so that was really fun. You know, I helped some, a few businesses kind of get their foot in the door and get started with that. Um, and I was kind of a, in a consulting role. But then 2008 happened and the whole world crashed and money was gone and the first people to get cut were consultants. And so in a matter of six months, I lost every client that I had, everyone. And I was like, oh, this sucks. What am I going to do with my life? (laughs) So I moved in with my mother. That's what you do. So I moved back to Greensboro now. Um, Started doing that for a while. And then I was like, okay, I have to have a job because this is just not happening. I got more debt than I can see. I'm in debt up to my eyeballs. So um, I worked at um, a college for a while. I did that. Um, And then I realized that I still love entrepreneurship, even though that transition was painful, like losing everything and having to build back up like get rid of all of that debt and build yourself back up and not be afraid to take a, 
a chance and a risk. It took at least seven years Mm -hmm. for me to get over that because it was just so traumatic. Um, So I started um, a few ideas over the last um, maybe seven or eight years since that time. Um, The first, I was doing a web development company because I was really good at tech. I'm like, okay, let's do some web design. And I still could be creative with that. And then I realized that I hate doing that as well because <laughs> because people when, with web design, they take forever to get back to you. And um, they don't always know what they want. It was just so many layers. And I was like, I just need my money. Like, I'm done with your site. Can I just get my check, please? I was like, oh, well, I don't really know because I need to get. And then, then I learned about more about contracts and having a lawyer, you know, on your team. There's just so many things. Like, I'm learning as I'm going. Yeah. You know, now I advise people on things. You know, the first thing you do, get you a lawyer. You know, second thing, get you an accountant. <laughs> sure. Like, stuff that other businesses have that I had to figure out myself because it's all, you know, when you start your business, yeah. it's yeah. like, how do I shortcut things? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, here's a couple of things you shouldn't shortcut. You need an attorney. Even if you're not paying that attorney to do things every month, you at least need to get your contract set up. So then that way you're holding people accountable and then you got to have people sign contracts. You know, I was a little apprehensive when it came to contracts because I was like, well, I don't want nobody to not do business with me because they feel like I'm being like doing the most, you know, I'm like, no, this is business. I need a contract. Like, this is what we do. So I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling at this point, but eventually I'm going to get to where I'm cooking and stuff. So, <laughs> so here's, so the story of cooking, like I've always been an event, a kitchen adventurer. That's what I call myself. Okay. So when I was in college, um, I would try new dishes and make things up for my roommates. Most of it was disgusting. They'll be like, I don't really understand how these apples and celery go together, but you know, I, I mean, I kind of see the vision maybe, you know, they were nice. I first joined they was whack, but niggas could hit potential in them. Um, but then, you know, now today I'm making a goddess wrap that has apples and celery, sweet potatoes, quinoa, um, a balsamic dressing, and all those things fit together. So it was like, okay, so now, you know, I was going somewhere, but we just didn't get there. Um, so I've been cooking for my friends and my family and, and at like casual events. It's like, hey, Kim, can you come cook? I'm like, as long as you buy the food, I'll show up because, you know, we can hang out. I can eat. <laughs> um, but, and I always knew that I wanted to be in f- the food industry, but I didn't have the capital to start a restaurant. Um, I also read that most restaurants, um, have a very small profit margin or they fail very quickly. So I was not interested in that either. Um, so I figured, well, let's just do some other stuff. So that's where the web design thing came in. That's where, um, after that I moved into actually just doing the content because when I was doing the web design company, one of the things that took forever was getting the content. And I'm like, am I the only person that's struggling with this? I'm like, well, maybe I just write for them because if other web designers are experiencing the same thing where they're waiting and waiting for content, maybe they can connect with me. And I'll write it for them. So that was the birthing of the content agency, which is still alive and doing its own thing. Um, I have a team of writers and an editor that manage that. Um, and I just go in and make sure the money right and contracts right. So that's one business. Um, at the end of this uh, 2017, um, the I guess you can say just the stars aligned to make sense for me to start like something new. And so I did that in early, uh, early this year, 2018. And I launched Might Be Vegan. So let me tell you why vegan. And then this will give you some context so you can start like throwing questions at me. So I have been, I have always been health conscious, always trying to make decisions that are good for my health. Um, But 
I was never like fully plant-based or fully vegan. Um, I was eating, still eating a little bit of fish, a little bit of um, chicken. I love vegetables, but you know, I just had that balance because in my world, meat is like the center of your meal. Then everything else is sort of like secondary. Right. So um, last year, I was um, preparing a hen. Okay. And you know, a hen, you have like the whole body. So it's the legs and the arms and it's all there. And I just remember looking at the bird and I was just like, I'm sorry. Like, it's just <laughs> like, cause I felt like it was like right on the, t- like it was right in the pan and it was just looking at me. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, and, and, and it literally happened. And since that point, since that time, I have not been able to cook any meat in my kitchen. Now I still ate it after that, okay. but I wasn't able to cook it. So I also, at that time, started doing research around plant-based eating. Um, I had not, at that time, watched any of the Netflix shows. I hadn't watched For the Health. I hadn't, What the Health, I hadn't watched in anything. Forks over knives. Right. So I started, but I did start reading stuff. And I'm like, hmm, interesting. So I ended up on, I think the, which site was it? Um, The American Heart Association. And it was talking about um, African-American people and how um, they are much more susceptible to, well, let me rephrase. So 40% of African-American women have hypertension, um, and that includes a good number of people in my family. Um, And also it said that there's research around, there's there's studies being conducted about around whether or not African-Americans are actually salt sensitive. Um, because when they experience hypertension, the impact on their lives is actually much greater than people who are not, um, who are Caucasian counterparts. So that being said, um, I wanted to make decisions so that I wasn't in that 40% number because that's pretty much, that's basically half, half your your family is half the people, you know, um, and hypertension in and of itself the impacts of that on your body are long reaching. So we're talking about like kidney failure from hypertension, um, anything from uh, dementia. It can contribute to um, you acquiring dementia, uh, death, heart attack, stroke, like so much. Like, so it's one of those things. It's like, we should like, it's the silent killer, but it's killing a whole lot of us. So right. let's, let's back it up and figure out how we can make better decisions. So that's when I started looking at being plant-based and sort of all of what that meant and then theories around it and then listening to other people. And, you know, I watched a ton of little YouTube videos about what people are saying. And then I started looking at for the research because, you know, like I said, science is my thing. So if you, I don't like, I don't want your opinion. I want what science said. Did you do a study? Because if it's repeatable, then we can say it's the truth. But just because it happened for you don't mean it's going to happen for everybody else. That could have just been a fluke. So anytime I'm looking at something, I'm looking at the research. I'm looking at how, and what was your sample size? Did you test three people? Did you test 150, 3,000? Like, I need to know these things. So that's sort of what led me to this decision to be plant-based is because of all the research that I was uncovering, especially around the production of meat. Um, and then, you know, after I sort of like transitioned, I never really thought about what it meant to um, – have dairy. I never thought about like what that actually meant for the animal. Okay. And you know, I'm not like, you know, I'm not the the person who's going to like beat your door down and tell you not to kill the animals. Like I don't have a PETA sticker. You know, that's just not, I'm not that person. Doesn't mean that this isn't, you know, the fact that animals don't have to die is not a, a great bonus, but that's not my place of advocacy, you know? 
So that being said, what I didn't know, so people out here raping cows, real talk, and taking their babies, killing their babies so that we can have the milk. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, hold that. Why we, why? Wow. So we like killing animals so we can have milk that we don't even need. Like 80% of the world is lactose intolerant, but we still got to get, but we still got to have milk. Like, wait a minute. There are so, I feel like, I feel like that's a conversation that people need to know about, yeah. you know, cause that's just, it's a little much just for some cheese, you know, it's a lot. Okay. <clears throat> I want you to go back and, and get into the, point or saying the difference between doing something that you know how to do doing something that you're good at a lot of times especially i think i think our generation probably ended it we were doing what was lucrative you know it wasn't passion based it was you know it was yeah what's going to put the most money in the pocket and then 2008 showed us that some of those uh theories were wrong um, so, so talk about fulfillment and why that was important. And it seemed like for you, um, you seem to have got to that realization a little bit earlier than a few, than a, than a few of us. So, so, so what, like, how did you get to that point? You were like, okay, yeah, I know how to do this, but I don't love it. And then, and then, you know, uh, what it, how it got you to, uh, the plant-based, you know, kind of situation. I mean, you've explained some of that, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. center it around fulfillment. Yeah. So, um, so I will say that I was privileged enough to not have any student loan debt when I graduated. So when I went out into a job, it was because we're adding money to my account, Mm -hmm. not because I have all of these bills that I have to pay. I didn't have a credit card until I was like in my early twenties. So well after I had graduated. So I didn't have any debt or any, um, anything holding me down to say, I have to have this job because I have these things that I have to pay for. So I will give that caveat because I I also want to say that I am very much a risk taker, but I'm also a smart risk taker. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If I had student loan debt, I probably would have stayed in that job longer than three months. Okay. If I had had um, credit card debt, then I probably would have stayed. So all of that to say, give yourself more freedom (laughs) by not having debt if you can, because then you're able to make decisions that are good for you and not necessarily just good for the bill paying. Because I don't believe that we are in this world just to take up space and just to pay back money for things that we bought. Because imagine, imagine that being the summation of your life. That is the summation of the dash between when you were born and when you die. Mm -hmm. She spent, or he spent his entire life paying off stuff that, you know, in a job just to pay stuff off. Um, And I think that's just a really unhealthy way to live. So um, that doesn't mean that you can't, leverage credit card debt if you're trying to grow a business you know it's better to use somebody else's money than your own but ultimately you still have to pay that back unless you file bankruptcy and then sort of go about it the nefarious way um but nevertheless i think for me it was about my life having meaning and purpose and if i were happy doing a thing then i felt like at least i was contributing in where i felt like i belonged you know i think there are so many people who spend time doing a thing just because they can and then that ends up creating chaos for other people around them because they're not supposed to be there like you're here 
because you have to be. You're not here because this is what brings you joy. Imagine going to the DMV when everybody knew that they were supposed to be there, that Mm. this was what brought them life. Imagine what customer service would look like if people enjoyed that space. How much more love and light we would be spreading wholly if we were all in a place that we enjoyed. You know, not to say that trauma doesn't come and drama doesn't happen and, and you don't have a bad day, but I think so many times we're we're stuck doing a thing because we have to, not because we want to. And then we take that have to out on the people who are just trying to show up and, and, and buy, you know what I mean? Um, So for me, I always, like I said, I always knew that food was going to be a part of my journey. I just thought, you know, you know, I would say in my twenties, you know, when I'm about 40, then maybe I'll look at that and maybe I want a food truck. And I mean, I'm almost 40. So here we are. Okay. Okay. Now that was powerful. Yeah. The, the, the whole doing what you have to versus doing what you want reflects on people, uh, on their mood, on their psyche. Mm-hmm. And, and it can lead to, you know, it, it, people, I guess people haven't fully embraced or have different views on as far as your mood uh, allowed to affect, you know, your mood or, 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 or your life based on your thoughts, but we do see it at a small scale because when you come in, we Monday comes, I, I, it doesn't even have to be Monday, Sunday afternoon hits and now all of a sudden this cloud comes, Thursday night comes, and now all of a sudden you're relieved, like I've, I've made it, I've escaped. And, and, and it's you know the sad truth is a lot of people treat the work week like a prison sentence and you know, it's it's uh, so it's just kind of a difference between the people that kind of realize that have a short term goal that says, OK, well, yeah, this is paying the bills for now, but this is a springboard and others that feel trapped like this is it, um, you know, or I don't have enough other opportunities. So I just got to suck this up. And you might think some people are taking it too far, but there is some validity to yeah. to, to your mindset affecting, you know, the life, the lives we live and the people we're around. Absolutely. So okay, now let's 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 kind of hop back over to the animals. I think that was a very important point. So I'm glad there's there's a balance, right? So it's okay for you to have you know done your research and your and 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 found the willingness to say I need to make my my vegan switch. I look this hen directly in their soul and their eyes, and I have to. <laughs> Like it's it's funny, but I understand. It's the like, truth, though. It's it's so funny, but it's the truth. It's it's that's that's more of a higher level situation. Like this society is so good at not you know dehumanizing and devaluing the life of the things that they want you to do, and then when you don't, because when you don't do that, it was like you were able to see like no, this is a living breathing thing that I took, uh, you know, life away from. And, you know, it's like, you know, yeah, there are a lot of meat eaters and, and there's that higher order and all that type of stuff that I can understand. I respect it. The, the, when the video started releasing on how we're slaughtering these, these cows, these pigs, these chicken, you know, like how we're treating them before it's like, you didn't have to beat them you know, to, to, for this, for this meal to be good. Like, what is, I don't get that correlation. It's like, y'all just chopped the head off of the, of the joy. And I mean, you know, they didn't put the music on there, but the music was there to, you know, accentuate the problem. It's like, what are y'all doing? 
You know what I mean? What are you doing? So I, I definitely understand in the light. You know, it, that's when you want to talk about marketing. They'll give you, you know, they'll, they'll hire the agency, have this 30 second beautiful commercial, everybody smiling all in a suit and everything. But what are they really doing behind closed doors? Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's like, it, and so we, and that's one thing I like about, you know, society today is we're paying attention not to what you just want us to hear. But what is your life really like? You yes. know, like what, what do you you know that that matters, and everybody has to determine how much that matters. Because you know, then sometimes some people might think, okay, well, that might be irrelevant. But but to somebody like you, I know value system is huge for you. So you know, so that everybody has to decide what you know what they care, how much they yeah. care. Yeah. And I mean, even if you, so even if you buy into the idea that, you know, as a human, you are supposed to eat meat, like that's the hierarchy. Even if you buy into that, um, the amount of meat that we consume, you know, as a um, country, just to stay here, um, is destroying our planet at a rate higher than greenhouse emissions, Mm. like from like cars. Right. You know, because that used to be a thing like, oh, you got to have your car green because right. you don't want to like eating meat is doing is like is exponentially impacting our planet and destroying it more than your cars. And you just got to think about how many cars are out there. Right. So, you know, when I'm so if I if I take my lot, the logical side of me and say, OK, eating all this meat is messing up our planet. Um, it's messing up my body. And also, oh, as a side note, we're really like killing these animals. Even if I don't care for them, I do. But I'm saying, even if I didn't, don't worry about that. Let's just put that on the side. You know, because I know a lot of people get a little little anxious when they talk to, to vegans. They'll be like, oh, you're killing the animals. Don't kill the animals. Okay, let's put that aside. Like, do you want your children to have somewhere to live? Because you know, you know, Trump out here trying to get us in space. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, you trying to go to Mars or something? I mean, because... What what we gonna do? Because right. we don't have like a planet B. We don't have a we don't have somewhere else to go. Right. So you know, long term, I feel like it's our responsibility to take care of the earth while we are here. And the consumption of meat at this level is killing our planet. Right. And so, the, no, it might be the number one way. Don't quote me. Right. But it's but, it's, but it's a lot. It's a lot. And, and 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 there's some you know well I don't know my my reach isn't isn't that good so I don't think I have too many of the cycles but somebody out there is probably hearing eating meat is killing our because it's like no it's not that rate is the lack of moderation the, the extremism that we live in yes oh and so this is why I one of the reasons why I don't feel bad for you know storefronts that aren't able to survive. Because, you know, there was a time when you were properly stocked to, you know, for the quantities that were needed. And then it got to a point where you started stocking just to for a look. And so it's one thing if you're I mean, even clothes, actually, I mean, clothes are coming from 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 the material used to make clothes. Uh, You have to be cautious. But when we're talking about food, especially the supposedly fresh food. Yes, something had to go in order to get that shelf and that aisle stocked. And then you want it to look a certain kind of way to make your grocery store look, you know, like it's a certain, uh, at a certain status. And how much of that food is being wasted? Like countless studies. So now, so yeah, now this, now this cow, this chicken, this, you know, pig died for nothing. That's, 
that's where I have a problem. Like, so, so again, everybody has their different level and, and, and I respect that, but it's hard to just, it's, it's okay to say if, if, if something, if, if this needs to be prepared to feed your family, cool. What happens when this is gets prepared to ultimately just get thrown away? Yeah. Who benefited from that? So now that is an absolutely wasted resource. And just because we can't see it right now does not mean like we're all, a lot of us, I don't know, are smart enough to know that there is, these are all finite resources, especially as we're, you know, uh, getting things extinct. You know, then not only is it finite, it's gone now. You know what I mean? And that, yeah. and at this rate, which we keep not pretending, you know, keep pretending it's not a thing, uh, we're, we're going to have that time period. And these movies and dystopian, you know, fictional novels are going to end up being real life because everybody kept pretending, ah, that ain't going to happen. They knew I it mean, was I mean, ask the Jetsons. The, yeah. the, they told us what was about to happen. We were like, oh, that's so cool. Look at that. It's a car that's flying. Right. right. And then we now then Elon Musk, like, hey, I'm thinking about it. Right. We've got, oh, and Uber's like, hey, I've got helicopters right. for Uber coming. Like, like okay, here we go. Right, which you know is not it's not ready yet. I don't understand. <laughs> That's a different situation. I, I need these people. Like, yeah, it would be nice to have somebody drive for me, but there's a time period in which you got to perfect it. And all these, I'm gonna take my hand off the wheel and go to sleep because it's figured out right now. Like, uh, no. no, we're still testing it. Like, your car is testing right now. Like, you don't know, but your car is a part of the test model, and we're learning from you. Yes. So. Yeah, so so please pay attention. So, so yeah, <laughs> I think it's you know that that's that's a very that's a very good point. Now, um, so what? Okay, um, speak to this to the singing and the writing. Where are you with that? Where did it? How did you get? You know, when did it start? Like, where have you taken it, and where is it now? Yeah, so um, I have a content development agency. It's called Content Park. Um, And what we do is uh, develop content on behalf of other businesses, other organizations. So just to give you an example, um, so we have a client, um, you've probably heard of them, um, the University of California. So it's the largest um, public health care system, I mean, public um, uh, university system in the world. I think, yeah. I think so, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so they're one of our clients. Okay. Where were you when you made the connection with the UC school system, and how did you make that one happen? That's, cool. that's impressive. So, so here's the thing, and, I, and I, I believed it, but then I tried to, like, go against it, mm-hmm. um, and it's the idea that you get business from building relationships mm-hmm. and getting other people to trust you. Um, relationships are the way you grow companies. I tried to, I tried my best with content park to, um, do a lot of going directly to these people and trying to convince them that I'm the right fit. Mm -hmm. But what happens is many times they actually have a relationship with the company already, or they will go with the company that is referred by someone they already know. So finding the right people to build relationships with is how we close the uh, University of California um, system. So it was a referral. So this is how it happened. So it's a lady who was in the same business as me. She's my competitor. Mm. Wow. (laughs) And we met at a conference we were both speaking at in San Francisco. Mm. And so she, um, I went to her after, and I'm going to be like 100%. I didn't, well, let me not say that. I, when I went up to her, 
I was like, okay, she's a writer. I feel like I'm here. I want to connect with the writer. Like I had no intention of like being her friend, if that makes sense. I just okay. wanted, I'm here to network. Right. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a nice person, but I'm still introverted. So it takes a lot of energy for me to just like go up to somebody. Hi. <laughs> you know, so as much as I, I like, I talk and I'm speaking and I'm doing all this stuff and y'all are seeing my, my, my Instagram stories. I am a hella introvert. If you see me in real life, I'm probably not talking to nobody. Like that's just normal. So when I went up to her, I was like, Hey girl, we started talking. We hit it off immediately. We went to lunch. We left the whole conference, left everybody. <laughs> we went and had lunch together. And so we got along so well. And the thing that I love so much about her is her ability to understand um, struggles that are not her own. Like she's had just a really high level of compassion. Like we talked about um, the uh, over-policing. We talked about of, of people of color. We talked about just so many things and she was just so engaged. And I just really appreciated that about her. And then on the flip side, I started talking about technology and how I'm using technology to automate my business. She was like, girl, give me all these deets, you know? And so, like, one of her clients is Netflix, and I'm just like, can I participate in that? Like, sure. I need Netflix as a client, please. Um, so we've been trying to work that out. It hasn't, you know, nothing has, has come to, to fruition with that. But she had a client who, or a potential client that was going to work with her, but they couldn't because there was a conflict of interest because it's a nonprofit. And because it's a nonprofit, the um, – person who was on the board was also connected to that company so they couldn't work together mm. so what did she do she referred them wow. Me. Wow. Wow. and that's wow. how we got that client powerful powerful okay that's so congratulate and so where were you physically so so you traveled to this conference yes so like, when i so i happen? so the conference was in san francisco so okay, i, so I, that I was yeah so but i didn't get that client from them until maybe eight months after. Mm -hmm. So I was probably at home in my, in my office. <laughs> right. That makes sense. You know, right. so when they sent it, but it was a journey of going from um, San Francisco to meet her and then coming back and maintaining that relationship. They, their alumni association at uh, Dominguez Hills, if I'm saying that right, um, does weekly or actually um, quarterly um, magazines. So we are one of the contracted companies that contributes to that magazine as an example. So when they have their feature article, the one that's coming from the organization, um, it's actually written by our team. So we're sitting down doing the research, we're talking to um, the professors on campus. Because when you think about it, when you have an organization that large and you're trying to coordinate putting an article together, you need an individual that's gonna focus on getting that material together, especially when it comes to the professors because they're already swamped, they have too much work to do. So somebody that's going to reach out to them and say, hey, let me get five minutes of your time, get this information, I'll transcribe it, and then I'll put your words in here, let you see it, and then it's approved. Then they feel like less weight on their shoulders. Right. Like, oh, I don't have to write anything? Okay, great. You know, just talk for a little bit, you know? So, and that's what they do all day anyway. So that, that's an easy um, sell. So, you know, things like that. We had an opportunity to work with um, um, on a Macy's asset. So Macy's did a, a website. And so we did um, an extension website, not their main website. So a secondary one. Um, and we participated in writing the content for um, that 
specific launch. Um, we had a client who's done some work with um, like Mark Jacobs and some like um, the, uh, the Highline in New York, um, which is like a, I guess like a green area um, that was added to the city. It's like a, um, it's not Central Park, obviously, but it's a, um, another sort of area like that. And okay. we help we participate in that project um, or supported that rather. So, you know, lots of different things that we have done and that we currently do. And it's really about it's not so much just I'm a writer. Let me write your stuff. Mm-hmm. One of the things that makes our brand different, our company different from other maybe freelancers is it's our first job to know your voice hmm. because every individual, every organization has a voice. Right. When you hear something from BuzzFeed, you're not going to assume that it came from New York times. Right. You have two different voices. Um, it's the same way for every single brand. Um, or at least they should have one if they don't. Right. Um, and so we either help them define it or they show us examples of like, this is what our voice is. And sure. then we execute on that, which is a lot more complicated than just, um, writing for yourself. I sort of put it akin to, so you have actors who are actors and then you have actors who can sound like other people. Right. Not everybody can do that. No. So it takes a very special gift to be able to say, you know, I can talk like, um, Michael Jackson right now. I can talk like, um, there's this guy that I'm thinking of. I don't know. I can't think of his name now, but he has a very, he's a comedian. He has a very distinct voice. Um, now with the, with the actor, the comedian, I thought of one that I thought of was Jay Farrell because he's got those voices. He can, he mm-hmm. can reach out. But the actor, the individual like Jeffrey Wright, who's uh, done everything from Westworld on HBO to he was, this took me years. He was People's Hernandez in the, in the, in the newer Shaft movie. That's a black man. And he's playing like this, you know, this 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 Mexican gang, you know, gang dude. Jeffrey Wright knows how to just like he's 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 our version of, of Johnny Depp as far as Johnny mm-hmm. Depp will put on the makeup, you yes. know, and, and be all these characters. Jeffrey Wright will put on the mindset and the and and their and their and their mannerism mm-hmm. and switch over. But being able to take on these voices is very different than just being able to write for someone else. So it's sort of like being a chameleon of sorts, Mm -hmm. but then also being able to identify those nuances. And that's the part that comes in. That's the artistic part that an actor may experience is picking up on the nuances of how they form their words. For us, it's the nuances of how they're putting words together, words that they repeat, Um, the flavor or you know the the types of words that they use and don't use like the absence of certain words is actually a voice you mm-hmm. know so it's looking at all of that together right. and so that's what that's what we do so me i've always been a writer like i i think i wrote a poem when i was like 7 and won an award for it like i you know i've always been a writer okay. but for me writing was always an emotional um endeavor so anytime i sat down to write i was um pulling from feelings whether my own or for someone else's so it was always really hard for me to just sit down and write something that had no emotion because it just felt it was unfulfilling but i have discovered in the process of growing this company that i'm really good at coaching people on how to be better writers so that's what i do with my team it's like okay so this looks really good these are the four or five things that you should do to to improve this piece to get it to the client's voice and so that's really what i do more so now than writing so i haven't really written any client work in a long time but i do help my writers to get where they need to go
So the last thing you said is kind of I I I I liken that to Lena Waithe, um, <clears throat> because she so she she wanted to be a writer, but the opportunity came to be an actor. So they so she got the uh, she got the show with Aziz. I can't think of it right now. Ex powerful show, and then now she's doing her thing with the shy. So everybody's like, oh my god, you know the shy is. Uh, so so amazing. She's like, no, the writing is what I do. Actually, I'm shocked that you know y'all like me and dear white people. And and, um, and <laughs> sorry, like I'm I'm not really an actor. So so and I said and 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 that's one thing in the interviews that she's done. Um, everybody wants to be in the front, um, but we need the people in in that case behind the camera. And then for in your case, you know, uh, uh, coaching the writers. Uh, in the musical sense, everybody wants to rap, but we need more of the producers. You know, it, it's it, and it all all that comes to, to duplicatable systems. Like being ha being talented and being able to perform is one thing, and that goes as far as you can go. If you're you know, as long as you're alive and healthy, <laughs> you know, if something happens, you know, God forbid, or even if you get sick, you get women get pregnant, whatever the case is. Well, what's that part? If your voice goes, you know, when, the, when we got, you know, a yeah. great like Adele and she loses her voice, there's no Adele now. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. that's important, being able to help other people, whether it's right now or the next generation is, is, is a big deal. Um, the, so I do want to say something about that, but but I don't want to interrupt your thoughts. That's why that's, I've been right. <laughs> okay, cool. So the, the, the thing about building a business, well, two things I want to say. Number one, on top of what you said about people always wanting to be in the front. So, you know, I've had a business for a while. Like I've been running my agency for, for several years. And so I never really put myself out there like on social media but I would meet people and they're like you just have so much to say like you have good advice like this and whatever like why don't you like have more people following I'm like because I'm not marketing myself mm. as an as a brand and an entity because frankly I'm not really interested in it you know mm. because I don't want people all in my business I don't want all this attention like I'm just trying I'm focusing on growing the grow, collecting these checks and growing this company that's all I'm doing right. you know so um it wasn't until I moved into um, doing this subscription service that I knew like I had to be in the front now because this is part of my story. So then when I go from like zero to like 5,000 people and they're like, how'd you do that? Like, I'm like, listen, so I've always known how to, right. I just did it. Like that's not like, don't like, don't sleep on people who don't have followings and assume that they don't, you know, people, a lot of times people will attribute quality of work or quality of business based on the number of people who have like co-signed you. Right. Like the people who are behind the scenes run the show. Like the actors that you see on the front end, they've been told what to do. And they know how to, um, they're great at, at mimicking a thing or, you know, they're, they're incredibly talented when it comes to portraying a person, but they're not the one who caused you to fall in love with them. Just like you just said now, like it is the storyline. Yeah. It is the writing. That is the stuff that brings you back. It is the fact that that story has put, been put together so well that you were invested in that character. And then that, that actress or actor was able to bring it to life. But the writing is what, what, what made that story. So um, number one, being in the background. Um, but number two, building a sustainable business. The thing about a lot of, um, I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs who will start a business um, doing their own craft, say a graphic designer or um, a web designer like I did, or um, any sort of thing that you do yourself. Um, that is not sustainable, more than likely, because the only way you make, biz the only way you make money is by 
doing that thing. So when you are a graphic designer, you can only grow as far as the number of pieces that you can design. So the only way for you to add more to your business just by doing that one stream of income is by increasing how much you charge Mm -hmm. or leaving your job and you just get more time. And that's not necessarily what people sign up for when they have this dream of, oh, I want to be free and I want to do this, which is why so many people go back into corporate because they're like, look, at least I got structure. I got a check coming and I ain't got to worry about it. But the thing about running a business is that 80% of your business, I would estimate, is doing the business, not actually doing the craft. So I spend maybe one day in the kitchen and then seven days doing everything else. Right. You know, so that's, I mean, six days, not seven. Six days. days Doing everything else. Um, So I think it's really important when you go into an idea, know why you're going into a business. Mm -hmm. If you're going in because you just want flexibility and freedom, then make sure that you build out like, you know, how you're going to charge to get enough so that you can take care of your bills if that's what you want. Right. If you want to build a business that you know has has legs and can grow and has some sustainability, then think about how you can scale that business. What does scaling look like? So I always ask this question: If a hundred people showed up tomorrow to buy service from you, what would happen? How would you do that? Right. Right. Would you have to say no to ninety nine people? <laughs> and if you have to say no to ninety nine people, then you can't scale. Right. right. Now ask yourself: Okay, what if ten thousand people showed up? What would you do? Right. You know, and so keep going that. So for me, with this plant based um, a subscription service, if 10,000 people showed up, not a thing would change. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to spend a day in the kitchen. I'm still going to spend the rest of the week doing the same thing. Right. Distributing to those people. That's good. Yeah. That's good. One important thing uh, that you mentioned a while ago is people want to start a business and do their own thing. Okay. There's a couple of things for this one. They want to start a business because they know how to do their craft. But what? But they end up wasting time, or or being completely inefficient because they try to be the lawyer and and, and handle the money and all those types of stuff. So that's why it was important. Yeah, yeah. Take time out. Reach out to those people who are good at that thing. You know, just just it's, sometimes people are so, and, and sometimes you have to be. You know, you have to have the budget, so you want to kind of be mindful of that. But right. trading time to trading money to get your time back sometimes oftentimes is incredibly valuable for sure like, you know just trying to save a buck and then wasting three days on something that should have took you know a half an hour like that's no you just gotta just gotta open up that checkbook sometimes yes um, I, have a whole, I have a whole story so my cousin launched a new business this is fresh because i'm at her house right now because i'm helping her build her website okay for real so she wanted to try to build her website herself. I told her, I said, listen, um, I'll do your website. I'll do it for you. And I'm going to tell you the number I charge her, but this ain't no regular number. This is the deep, deep, deep family. <laughs> I said, I'll charge you $450. Oof. Now she said, oh my God, that's so much. I was like, I said, do you know how much I normally charge for websites? I said, they start at 10 grand. Like, so can you... Can you rethink what you just said to me? So like, well, can I get a discount? No. You just did. A discount because you already have a discount. <laughs> Three months later, after she played around, and then she went and interviewed a bunch of other people who do websites, and they were starting, their numbers were three, four, five times as much as mine. She was like, so, um, can we, you know, you remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Because this isn't my first go around. So like my goal, especially with people I care about, my goal is to get you where you need to go the cheapest way possible. Mm-hmm. So if I tell you don't do that, it's because I've already spent money on it and I wasted it. Like, I don't think y'all understand how much money it costs to figure things out. Right. <laughs> like I've already spent all this money. So, so learn from me and I'm going to tell you, okay, don't go to Fiverr to get your, to get your logo. Cause all you're going to get is crap. And then you're going to be mad because they're going to show you all these pictures that look great. And then they're going to send you a picture that look just like that. Mm. Exact same thing. Well, that's already somebody logo. Or you're going to look like a family reunion t-shirt. You know what I'm saying? Like, stop. So, you know, I'll say, hey, I can show you a logo if you ain't got a whole, if you ain't got a budget for like two, three grand. I hear you. I was like, I can show you how to get one for $200. But here's what you got to do to get that. Like, you got to do some work on the front end. You got to find some stuff you like. Give them the stat and whatever. You can get it for $200. Here you go. Oh, two dollars is so much. No, it's not. Like, trust me when I'm telling you, <laughs> this is a good deal here. Um, but you know, so you know, sometimes with family, they don't listen. Um, but she, she, she just got it now, so she trusts me a little bit more now that she spent three months trying to figure out how to build a website on her own. That's good. Yeah, no, that was uh, this. Was, I'm, I'm, I'm liking this. This will get talked about two interviews in a row. Um, your, if, if our business isn't about you know, being cheap and shortcuts and, and lowest price possible, then the effort and energy it should take to get there should not be cheapest. You know, how many corners can I cut? What's the lowest? Like if that is, you know, if that's what you're planning to give out at the, at the, at the end, then maybe it's more okay. But that's not the only business model is I have to be the very cheapest. And especially we talk about in the world because there's just countries that operate different. They have a whole different model. So you're at the end of the day, you're not going to be the cheapest. So now you kind of wasted your time. The key is whatever your price point is, make sure your value justifies it. Um, Because we can look at all these different examples when, when a company, when a individual creates the value, proper value around themselves, then they can, you know, name their price. And the same people that that will 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 diss a business, you know, uh, diss a small business is like, yeah, but I'm writing this check for this situation, or, you know, and then it's like when we look at like the cable bill, for example, you just they just put enough work in uh, to establish themselves as important to our minds that for whatever reason we're not questioning them, and we should be. That's the one you should be nickeling and diming, right? Right. <laughs> It's two year contract, so I'm gonna just keep paying three hundred dollars. I call AT and T every time we get to the end of the year. I'm like, yo, um, what discount y'all got? Right. I'm not. I'm paying too much. Right. We're only paying thirty dollars. That's too much. <laughs> I need you to come down. Like seriously, every time because I'm like, y'all, y'all are streaming this stuff and making so much money off of people, especially with all of them like combining. Yeah. I feel like what is Time Warner and AT and T together now? Like all so- of these. Yeah. Companies are coming together. Y'all got so much money. Y'all waste money. If you knew how much they spent on like just snacks in the in the kitchen, <laughs> or like oh we taking a company trip and y'all you know we got these everybody got per diems. Like if y'all knew how much money people wasted in corporate, right. like having a P card or get you know working as a contractor, paying people twenty thousand dollars a day just to come and talk to you fifteen minutes to let learn one one Other tip. Speakers. Like come on, Other like they they not they they're not struggling. You know, and the reason that they go going bankrupt, y'all look on TV, they go going bankrupt, is because they're upside down because right. they borrow money, right. right? And they don't have the, the forecasting to handle what they already have, not because they don't have money coming in. Right, 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 right. So, yeah, for the, for the few people who call in 
and 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 work they they don't really worry about it you know they they work with y'all because they know like okay well now we got to go get new business and new naive business it's the way it works again don't be confused by the 30 the cute commercial you know the, the you know the that that technician on the commercial is not what happens when a technician comes to your house you know more times than that so and then it's I, really quickly on that one i think it was funny <laughs> you know you a marketing boss when you can present an idea that really should have happened so I, I don't even know who the company is but they're like yeah we're gonna have our window when we show up around your schedule and they marketed this like it's revolution <laughs> <laughs> what you're supposed right. to do you're not supposed to tell me oh yeah i'll be there anywhere from 10 a.m to 8 p.m tonight just make sure you're right. here like right. <laughs> right. so. the idea the idea of selling you something that you should already have yes, it's, like it's like water Pure, right. filtered, no contaminants. <laughs> Buy it. You were like, nigga, what? Hold up. This is not supposed to be in there anyway. Like, yeah, right. You know, you water that's going to keep you alive this time. Right. Chicken with no hormones and no GMO. Right. And people were like, but it don't, It none of it is supposed to have hormones in it. Right. Right. So, right. Because yeah. the, the FDA, who I, who we, you know, it's a whole, we, it's like the mafia. Right. So, the, so the FDA be like, you, you can't have no hormones in here, you know, it's, they can't be present in the meat. Right. But then they market to you and say, no hormones. You'd be like, <laughs> but, it's not supposed yeah. To. <laughs> it's not supposed to, yeah. So now they, yes, yes, there's, there's a whole science to that situation. There are, there's an actual talent, but then there's so many deceptive practices. And I think that's why, I think that might be why people kind of downplay it because that's all they know is the extreme examples of how they, how they use it to take advantage of people. But no, there, you know, there's some, there's some, there's some well to do. There's some best practices and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, as far as the writing and as far as the, um, you know, knowing your voice, that was a very powerful point. Uh, there's a website called the Players Tribune and it was marketed as articles from the athlete or whatever, which, which is not like it. I mean, it is their story, but it's exactly the same thing. You know, they, you sit down with the, with the, the true ghost writer, you're talking, you're, you're getting fleshing out the story. And then that professional writer turns it into, uh, puts it in their voice, puts it in the proper order and gets it out to the consumer. And I don't know, you know, it would be nice if they would have just, like, now that I know that, it doesn't diminish. Like, these are still amazing stories. These are still interesting people. I just, I don't know. People love to lie when they don't have to lie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, You know, with so many people, so I'm going to be honest, with so many people telling lies, (laughs) when you don't lie, you don't look real. (laughs) And I know that's, like, that sounds really bad, right? But when you, but I'm going to tell you, like, with social media, so the the world of social media and influence and influencers mm-hmm. there is so there's like an underworld of social media and i'm not talking about the bots because we all know about the bots we know about we know about the hair the hair the fake hair things that always follow us we know about them mm-hmm. and we know about people who get in your dms and try to get money from you or try to take you on a date you know we know that right. but there's an underworld of in social media where People look like they have followers, but they actually don't. People look like they have engagement, but they actually don't. 
So I'll give you an example. So there's a, a site that I use and I'll promote them because I love how they do what they do. It's called Hype Auditor. And what you can see when you open up a profile from somebody on Instagram, for example, you can see what, when or how followers have been added. But even when you buy followers, you can still fake your engagement. And see, that's the thing that people don't know. You can fake your engagement because they have these things called engagement pods, mm. which are groups of people that have decided we all want to make money as influencers on social media. So therefore, anytime you post something, you let us know and we'll all go and comment and like and, and respond to your stuff. So you have fake followers, fake engagement. But then when a brand looks at your page and they look, pull the analytics, it's like, oh, you have this reach and you've got a 9% um, a engagement. That's pretty good. Wow. You know, okay. Yeah. But none of the followers are real. None of the engagement is real. So you're not getting a return on the money that you're putting out into that you're paying for. Nobody comes and buys your product because everything is fake. All right. So when you're looking at these accounts and you're like, oh, I want to follow somebody because, oh, they have all of these followers. Um, yeah, follow people because you like their content, not because somebody else is doing it, because you don't know if this is real or not. Mm -hmm. Like their lifestyle could be fake pictures that they bought from creative market right. or they stole from somebody, else, from somebody else's pages. But that's one of those lessons that I've learned the hard way because I've been trying to engage with um, influencers, micro influencers, and uncovering like, wait, who are all these people commenting? Like, I got to look at all of these comments. Like, where are you from? You 16? What you comment on this for? Where you come from? Like you live in Abu Dhabi? Like who? I thought your reach was it. You know, you gotta, you have to look for real, for real. Um, but it's, but it's mostly fake. It can be difficult, or it might be just time consuming, and that's why people don't bother. So, so the things that that I was reminded of. So the bow wow times, we all jumped. You know, people jumped on him for that. You know, had the fake jet in the background. Do y'all think this was the first person that did that? Do you think that's the last person that did that, right? We we have, and, and that's a different, you know, we are, as a, as a community, as my people, as our people, we are so quick to tear down, you know, the black celebrities when this thing was done long before them and will be done long after that. And there's some, you know, there's there's a, Sometimes it's reasonable because you know that and you care a little bit more. But sometimes it's not about caring. You just it's it's uh, it's a crab in a barrel mentality. Um, but it is what it is like. But, yes, you're absolutely right. It's uh, what's funny about me because, you know, I'm still I'm still very light on my Instagram journey. Um, but I get these comments, you know, just <laughs> I think my favorite one is, oh, you're crushing it. It's like one. No, I'm not two. Oh, you're a Gary V. Yeah, you're a Gary V. Um, uh, <laughs> right. or whatever. And shout out to him. I, I love him, but like, you know, I don't know that that phrase from everybody. Like, I don't like he can talk his talk because Gary V is doing his thing. Everybody else is just you know trying to like blindly right. follow it. Yeah, and yes. just like you know whatever. It's cool. And then I've been able to connect with one of these pages that just reposts for you and, and shoot. This page reposts something I posted, and I get this like like ten more people like his. Than this. So I'm like, cool. Hey, thank you for bringing me into that. But somebody who said uh, this was like two days ago. Um, you know, oh yeah, that was great content. You can see content like mine over here, and I looked. So I went over there and looked. I'm like, that we don't even remotely do the same thing. So that copy and paste is just it's yeah. just wild because a lot of people just want to see. Oh, he got ten thousand views and a thousand comments, but they're not even. If you did look at what was actually said, you would be like, oh, this, 
this isn't valid. Yeah. <laughs> this and so, and like for me, so, you know, I'm learning in this, you know, I know how to build an audience, but I've never built one of my own. So, you know, when I'm looking at brands, so I'm having conversation with brands. And so they're asking about my engagement. And so I've, you know, done some of the comparisons. I've looked at my account and some other people and I've just found some things that I was just like, yeah, this stuff is shady. Nobody knows, but it's shady. I ain't putting them on blast, but it's just, it's just shady. But then looking at my own stuff, learning from it and I'm realizing, okay, I have people following me who are robots and I need to get rid of them because they're impacting my engagement numbers. Cause they're just here because they're just here. They, they have, they're not real. They have their, they're just a page of reposting stuff or just one picture and, or no profile picture. So I go in and, and delete them all. Um, but that's how larger influencers also manage what they're doing is you have to call your list. So, you know, sometimes my numbers are up, and then, then a little bit, you'd be like, oh, she's losing about 200. Yes, because I kicked them out right, <laughs> because right, right. they're not they're not real. They're not here for to talk to me. Like, I talk to my people. You see how many direct messages I'm in right now. Yeah. Just having conversations with people, asking me about stuff because I'm actually talking to people. You know, I do. Um, there's so many methods that I use to grow the account. And one of those is just having conversations with people, just being social right. and actually saying things like manually going to the page, looking at a photo and saying something about that photo or asking them a question about that photo. Um, and then that starts a relationship, that starts a conversation. And then sometimes they'll send me a message, be like, hey, I have a question about this. And so then they, they're seeing me as somebody who cares, but then also actually has real information. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's one of the things that makes what I'm doing a little bit different. I don't automatic direct message. I don't automatic comment. Everything you say is done manually, everything, except for liking. I will tell you that I have a robot that likes stuff. Okay. But that's, and I have a robot that follows some people when I'm targeting a new city. So right now I'm targeting Charlotte. And so I have a robot that's following some people in Charlotte. But all those people that are being followed will then begin, I will have a conversation with them. Right, right. So yeah. It's more the bot is identifying those people. And then I take that list that of people who've been identified, take out all the people who aren't real, and then start having conversations. So that's how I run my group. That makes sense. Yeah, no, even like, even with our, even the conversation we had to set this up, like you were incredibly responsive um yeah like <laughs> it was like coming back real quick so again it was like yeah let me stay on my and since we're since it's being recorded i will I, I, we, we were joking about it it was this interview happened when it happened 30 minutes prior i got the notification i was like oh thank god because i would have clear forgot about this Shout <laughs> out to the technology that helps us that's something people have to figure out that balance you're still a person nothing can 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 substitute the human component but technology can assist you it right. doesn't replace you and that's right. what they're like oh, oh okay cool i just you know now that we have the internet now that we have video conferencing you know i can it's some people look at it that, okay now i don't have to do anything it's like no there's still work that needs to be done this should be you yeah to help you be more efficient and you yeah. you're running out of excuses for not being efficient. Right. Cause people want, people want a, a quick, they still, everybody still wants to get rich quick. Like as much as they don't say it out loud, you want all these followers because you think brands are going to find you and brands are going to say, Hey, promote my product. Right. Most of these people are getting products for free or a discount. They are not getting paid. Like do not get confused. Like that watch that you saw that you thought was real cute. That's on rent. That's on consignment. Or they had to pay for it themselves with a 20% discount. Mm -hmm. Like, that's another thing. Like, mm -hmm. some, some brands will offer you, like, hey, here's a discount, 15%. Will you promote our stuff? 
like I get that in my direct message. I said, I do not do free promos. I'm not going to pay you to promote your product. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't even have to get to the conversation and say, this is that I'm not going to promote your product because I don't know you, right. you know, and I don't believe in what you're doing. Right. But the fact that you came in my direct message and you asking me for to, to buy your stuff for 15% off, I'm like, your first thing was like, hey, we like what you're doing. We see this or whatever. You make it personalized. And then you say, I was thinking about maybe if we can could do a collaboration, but maybe we can talk more about it. Right. Like, that's, but get you you be be real. Right. Well, they, and I, they they know how to do that though. So 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 you get you get the offer that they that they that they value. So you know, best believe when it's a B two B situation, they're coming in full super tired. They're coming in with with data and charts, and they're coming in ready to make a fair. But we're talking about just DMing what they consider random people on social mm -hmm. media. That's that, yeah. you're at that level. And, and and then you can even think of who they sent. What there's a there's a sports reference. Um, oh, so Steph Curry, um, he was with Nike back before he truly, you know, before that. Now they're the full juggernaut, but he was still kind of injured when they were still on the up and coming. And that contract started running out. I think it was Steph Curry, and it was time to send him the pitch. And they sent the PowerPoint of some other. <laughs> athlete like the other athlete's name was on <laughs> was on the thing and never mind i think i think the cra okay there was a million reasons why that was terrible anybody that knows that actually that especially if you're in that you know in that industry you know steph curry has a father who was in the league so that's the last person you know that you should kind of have pulled any of that on so you know that that they're just looking at that presentation. They was on their phone, like, uh, yeah, get me. So now he's over with Under Armour, um, and you know that, and everybody was like, Under Armour, who's you know at that point they were they were not a basketball powerhouse. They were in football. Now they are. Now they're now they're relevant. You know, mm -hmm. they they're not yeah. taking over Nike anytime soon. Mm -hmm. But it's like that was a clear example. Nike did not send their a guy. You know, their closer. They sent. Mm -hmm somebody oh, you're, like, ah, <laughs> you're nike you know we're nike you're just gonna and, and right. they learn. like you should want me because of who i am yeah, and like and i think you know even biz, even small businesses have that mindset sometimes like they get a little elevated you know i was sharing with somebody else the other day because um so i had a uh, a solid record so let me see so i've done about 16 different pitches for podcasts that i want to be on okay um to date I have closed 15 of them and I'm working on that 16th one. She's, she's, she's like, she's skirting me a little bit. Um, but the way that I do my pitch is I pitch them as if they matter, mm. not as if I matter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I'm talking to them, the first thing I'm doing is I'm listening to their podcast, a few episodes, not just 10 minutes of one. Mm -hmm. And then I'm finding something in those episodes that I can talk about in the email. And then I'm following them on Instagram and I'm following them for a little bit before I send the, the, the message. Sure. Because if you follow me today, send me a message tomorrow. I know you follow me so that you can send me the message, <laughs> but I'm actually following you to get to see what you're doing. Right. I'm waiting a little bit, liking some photos, commenting on some things. Then I'm sending you a pitch. Like it's all methodical, but it's meant to show you that I'm actually paying attention and not just some random. Right. So when I write this email, you know, I, I say, first I start off with compliments, you know, things about like their podcast, what I liked, start talking about an episode, make that intriguing. Then I tell them who I am, then while I'm emailing, why I'm emailing them. And then I tell them, you know, and then I give them an idea for a show that would include me. 
So then they have something to react to, mm. not just can I be on your show? Right. So it is, I would love to talk about this. Um, I feel like this would be a good fit for your audience because of this. Mm -hmm. um, let me know what you think. I'd love to talk more about it. You know, whatever, sign off. Right. Um, but that's how I approach them. And then that begins an engagement. It begins a conversation. Um, and so that has worked 15 out of the 16 times. So we'll see what happens on this 16th one. But, you know, when I was sharing this, I was like, I've closed every single one because I'm using this method. Now, if this woman doesn't happens not to want to work with me, then okay, fine. But I've done my due diligence. I've listened to her work and I've done it in a way that's authentic and not like, my name is such and such. This is what I do. This is my following. Can I be on your page? All right. All right. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Probably not. No, right. I don't, I don't know you. All right. Uh, now that's yeah. Now that was so. I hope people were paying attention because uh, and 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 the wild thing is, I had to find a way to get just that little snippet to this group. That was a that was a young lady. She calls herself the small business lady. And every that was Wednesday Wednesday nights they do a chat, a Twitter based chat, and ask questions. Let the people involved, you know, use the hashtag to, to participate. And this one was exactly centered around how does a small business. Um, get themselves involved with a podcast. This, that right there, for anybody that, that saw that was relevant, I would think they would see, you know, this answer right here to be very relevant. You don't just jump in and say, hey, I want to do this. You know, like show interaction, add value. And by adding value, like that simple thing of paying any attention to this, you know, this this platform you say you want to be a part of is 90% or 95% more effort than anybody else did. And now that puts you uh, in a little bit of a higher class. And so, and the thing is, and people got to learn that when it, when we say interact, you actually have to be genuine about it. Like if you, and if you don't, it'll shine through. Like you can learn all these strategies all you want, but if are if you're taking a robotic approach, you're gonna come off as a robot. And yeah. and good luck. It might work. They might just really like you, but if they wanted to you it'll work for some. I mean, yeah. the reason I know this is because for an entire year my job was to convince people who I've never met mm -hmm. to agree to do things that they were not planning on doing. Yeah. And to do that over email every day, all day. That was my whole job. Wow. And so I got better at expressing interest and showing interest. The thing is, you can't scale that fast. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been working on trying to get on podcasts since like the beginning of May. The reason I've only been able to do 15 is because I haven't had time to sit down and listen to more podcasts because I'm busy. But when I do, it's like, okay, we got a good two hours. Let's sit down. Let's listen to one. Let's see who we like. Because I've had like, I have a whole, like I have a list of at least 150 podcasts that I want to approach, but I haven't been able to because I need to focus on creating the storyline and creating the messaging that is authentic. Cause right now I'm following like seven or eight podcasts. And if y'all listen to this podcast and you know, I'm following you, I'm coming for you. I just haven't had time yet. You know? So, so I mean, that's really, that's, that's what I'm doing, you know, which is why I say I, so I have my list. I'm following them now when they post up stuff, I can still react. So it's still, it's still action happening. It's just, I haven't sent my pitch yet. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, the uh, lady, um, one of the big I will always show appreciation podcasts in color is the is the at Barry from Pennsylvania. Um, she had a she had a she had a fair rant about that. Is she's noticed that people are using the hashtag she provides to kind of you know promote and share, and they're only using it for themselves. 
you know, yeah, the, the, pur- the purpose was here's the one I'm listening to. Here's one that I'm promoting. Here's, here's, you know, here's what I suggest. But when we look at the history and all you're doing is, oh, I've got a new episode. Oh, I've got a new episode. OK, well, what about the rest of the culture? You know, so I'm trying to be mindful that I've been quick to follow and try to support a bunch of podcasts. But I know being real with myself, I haven't gotten to enough of them yet. And so I will not allow myself to over promote knowing that I haven't done enough contributing. There's give and there's take and you have yeah, to, right. you know, you can't be perfect, but you not, you have to work on it. So very good. You know, definitely key point. Um, and yeah, appreciate, I, I appreciate the, the rest of the, you know, the rest of the community because it was, um, you know, my friends and, and very talented people who have been doing their thing that got me, you know, trying to find my little niche. Um, so good. Um, so awesome. okay, I'm, I was excited. Like at first, so I didn't even know you had a podcast at first, and I'm like, I was like, Jarell, you just want to talk? Like I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> All right, what's going on? That's good. That's good. Well, I appreciate. I definitely appreciate. Um, you know your willingness. You know. I no, thank you for for thinking of me because I because like right after you sent it to me. I was actually planning on posting something like, hey, y'all, I want to be on 15 <laughs> And you had just sent me that message. And I was like, okay, well, that's one. <laughs> look at the universe. Look at the universe. Okay. Well, definitely looking forward. So that that kind of answers the question. So, so okay. So there's might be vegan. Basically, what are the ways to for people to reach you? That's basically what Yes. Yeah. Um, so I can be reached. So Content Park doesn't have Instagram. We don't do that no more because it doesn't, okay. it doesn't work for my B2B okay. company. Right. Um, but my website is contentpark.co. Okay. Um, the, for my be vegan, it's just like it sounds my be vegan.co. That's where you can uh, reach me on the website. Um, as far as Instagram, I am at might be vegan. So no E okay. on Instagram. Um, I have a Twitter account. I don't use it yet. I just reserve my name. So in case I decide to go to Twitter, it's over there. Um, and we also have a Facebook page. It doesn't have much on it, but we will start moving there. I'm going to actually be launching a Facebook group very soon. So if anybody just like needs support and some advice um, about um, plant-based eating, they can connect with me on that group. The group is um, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash transitioning vegan. Okay. Okay. Which one of these mediums would be the one to go when you have done that uh, those other podcasts, you know, so when people want to see you 14 more times, like, <laughs> how, how can they know? Yeah, yeah. How, how can they know, like, okay, this one's coming, this one's up. Oh, that's definitely going to be Instagram because I use Instagram every day. I don't use um, Facebook every day or, and I obviously don't use Twitter. So if you want to see like what's happening with the podcast, definitely check me out on Instagram. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, well, that's good. I really appreciate your time. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, you know that was that was enough. I mean, there, you know, we could we, we could go, <laughs> but also <laughs> I think that was enough. You know, there was enough gems that people need to absorb those in in this podcast space. I ain't compete with nobody, so I look forward to somebody to, to somebody going the next level, the next step. You know, with with you on that and and, and having a new experience, and I look forward to being the fan. your fandom (laughs) no but i mean fans fans sound so weird um but i just i like people who you know want to engage on my journey you know what i mean so that's that's real cool there you go very good very good all right well with that you know we're about to sign off thank you very much kimberly for your time and um that's it that's it on the smart dumb podcast thank you everybody